Hey everyone, this is Rabbi Brian. If these podcasts have been a blessing to you, will you please consider being a blessing to the nation of Haiti? Mishkan David supports two works of the Lord in Haiti. First is our orphanage, Beth Besed, which means House of Kindness, where 40 children are cared for each day, both spiritually and physically. And of course, there's our own Rabbi Peter Oliveira, who's setting Haiti ablaze by restoring it back to Yeshua, restoring it back to Torah, and to the Jewish roots of our faith in Messiah. Listen, to learn more, please visit www.torahforhaiti.org. That's T-O-R-A-H, number four, Haiti.org. There you can give a tax-deductible financial blessing and sponsor a child for only $20 a month. Hey, thanks for considering, and may Adonai bless you. Enjoy this podcast, which was recorded at our Mishkan David Shabbat service in Rhode Island. Shalom. This week's lesson began with a little game of Wheel of Fortune. As the congregation guessed letters, we saw the tiles spun around, and some of the letters revealed in a name, but what that name was was still unclear. It might have been Waiter. It might have been Wanter. We'll pick it up from there. All right, what else? I heard it earlier. Did somebody say W? <laughs> I heard somebody say W. So, so, in this game, we keep playing. So, in this game, we, normally we keep playing until the word is fully exposed. In life, and with people you meet, they don't expose everything. Okay? So, what if we played this game, but you really have no idea what's behind that curtain number three? Oh, that's another game. Because the people that we meet in life, they have what they choose to expose. This is everybody, you and me included. We have what we choose to expose. And then, what we, then we have what's behind the tiles that we don't choose to expose. And when the tiles are hidden, what we do is we fill in the missing tiles with what we think. We fill in the missing tiles with what we think should be there based on our experiences with the person and very often nothing to do with the person but our own experiences in our past. So if we look at somebody who has something exposed, but there's something hidden, we may have a really good experience with that person. We may think the person is such a good, you know, server of the Lord that we may fill in the blank and say that he is like a waiter, like a server. If we think the person is somebody who procrastinates, who seems to be doing things that are not productive with his time, we may fill in the blank and say he is a waster of time, of money. Or he could be a really, or she could be a really needy person, and we perceive the person to be very needy, so we think that the missing tile 
is that this person is a wanter, constantly wanting something. Anybody know somebody who's constantly wants something? But the reality is, whatever is behind the tiles that are not seen, there is only one that really knows what's going on inside. And that is our Father in heaven. He's the only one that knows that really this is Walter. It's nobody but Walter. Everybody say, Walter. And only God knows Walter. We fill in the blanks because Walter doesn't show all of himself. Very often a person shows so much of himself and hides so much of himself that we have to fill in so many blanks. And we fill it in with things that are opinion and not factual. How many things can happen to us where we fill in the blanks? How many people looked at you a little funny and you filled in the blanks of what that person meant? How many times somebody, you said hi to somebody and they didn't say hi back? And you fill in the blanks to make a determination of what that person must have meant. But how many times has somebody passed you by and you said hi and the person didn't give you any, any eye contact or didn't look? And how many times has it actually come to you that maybe the person is just distracted for some other reason completely unrelated to you? Or how many times that you perceived something that seems so right but is actually wrong because perception is so flawed sometimes. It's so subjective. It's based on our experiences, like our past experiences, our past traumas. I have learned that past traumas doesn't make you more accurate in your perception. It makes you more inaccurate in your perception because it reminds you of something bad that happens and your brain clicks and says this experience is like that experience and a self-defensive mechanism goes into play and all of a sudden you are filling in the blanks with from your experience not from how God looks at Walter because God knows Walter so how can we look at others without filling in the blanks incorrectly? I'm going to start by sharing a bit about what Yeshua did and what Yeshua said on the cross. Now, we know the words, right? And I have it here. Because as most of you know, when I want to read the scripture, I want to read it right. I don't always have notes with me. But you don't know it in Hebrew, so repeat after me. Avi, selach lechem, which means, Father, forgive them. 
Ki lo yadu, for they don't know. Ma hem osam, what they're doing. Those are the amazing words that Yeshua said on the cross. Avi selach lehem ki lo yadu ma hem osem. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, there's two aspects of this, and we understand, okay, he forgave those who tried to kill him. And that is an amazing revelation, that it is an amazing fact. But the second aspect of that, we don't fully understand, and we're going to dig into this a little bit. Now, this part of the, of the sermon is uh, inspired by a wonderful song by a husband and wife duo that you may have heard of named Nate and Megan Glover. If you don't have their CD, it's because they don't have one. So I encourage you to encourage them to make one. But they have a song called Adonai, which quotes Psalm 19.12, which is uh, written not always this way in English, but in the complete Jewish Bible it is, and it is accurate if you look at the word. Who can discern unintentional sins and cleanse me from hidden faults? What is an unintentional sin according to the Bible, according to Torah? Now, you may have heard the expression, well, sin is sin. Well, sin is sin. Well, sin is sin. I don't know if they're lying or they just, you know, or they took a penny from somebody else or whatever they did. Sin is sin. That's all it is. Uh, I understand the spirit behind that. But something that's very important to God, and this is really important, God makes a distinction in Torah between intentional, heavy-handed sins and sins of ignorance. Sins of unintent, unintentional sins. Leviticus 4, 22-23, when a leader sins and unintentionally, or in ignorance, some translation says, does any one of the things which the Lord has commanded, he becomes guilty, and if um, if the sin is made known to him, he shall bring an offering, uh, a, a goat male without defect. Listen to this, and you, you may not understand this. The, the um, animal sacrifices in the Torah are for unintentional sins, not intentional sins. If you steal something from somebody, you've got to give it back and more. You know, if you, if you do something that's worthy of the death penalty, it's, it's a death penalty. You're not going to make a sacrifice if you kill somebody. The sacrifices are for unintentional sins. Leviticus 5, if a person acts unfaithfully and, and sins unintentionally in ignorance against the Lord's holy things, then he shall bring his guilt offering. Numbers 15, 27 through 31 speaks about the difference. An individual who sins in ignorance shall present a female goat uh, one year old for a sin offering, and the um, atonement will be made for the person, the native and the Israelite, it, it, it's, it's for. Uh, you shall have the same law for anyone who acts in ignorance. But for wh whoever acts high-handedly, 
whether a native or an alien, affronts the Lord shall be cut off from the people because he despised the word uh, of the Lord and broke the commandment. So there's a difference between the unintentional sins done in ignorance, which involves an animal sacrifice, and an intentional heavy-handed sin, which requires the punishment. And this is even attested to in the New Testament. Hebrews 9.7, in speaking about Yom Kippur, it says the high priest enters once a year, not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the sins of the people that were committed in ignorance. So there is a difference between sins of ignorance and sins of intent. So Yeshua on the cross, so the counter-missionaries, these are Orthodox Jewish groups that want to take people like me out of places like this. These are, these are Orthodox Jewish groups that try to uh, say that, that our faith is, isn't not authentic, and they want to pull me out of here, right, and bring me back into traditional Judaism. One of their challenges is that how can Yeshua's death, if Yeshua's death is the fulfillment of the animal sacrificial system, then how could it ever cover intentional sins when the animal sacrificial system is supposed to only be for unintentional sins, sins in ignorance. Well, there's an answer to that. Yeshua covered it. Because when he said, forgive them, they know not what they do. He declared all of our sins, from the high-handed ones down to the low-handed ones. He counted all our sins as unintentional and when they are counted as unintentional the sacrificial system takes care of it so that is how Yeshua's death takes care of every sin in fact it says in Acts 13 this is um, when the when Peter was preaching it says let it be known brethren that through him forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you and through him everyone who believes is freed from all things from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses there are things in the law of Moses that there's no forgiveness for you just got to and you just got to be punished based on the Torah. You, you do this and you got to be punished. Even those things you are forgiven for, that is the full effectiveness of Yeshua's death on the cross. And how can that be? What gives him the right to, to just declare people forgiven who murdered somebody? It is because he has declared, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing means that from the heavenly perspective, it was a sin of ignorance. So how much when Walter is not showing things and we fill in the blanks based on our outward superficial experience, I tell you right now that Walter and everyone here and everyone you meet, deeper down, deeper down, deeper down, if you go down to the soul, you will see a soul that is crying and longing for love. You will see a soul that is longing to be connected with our Father in heaven. And you will see a soul that wants to be connected in love with each other. And I believe that Yeshua who is divine, can see through the axe and can see to a deeper level of truth and say authentically, he doesn't know what he's doing. Forgive them, he doesn't know. Forgive them, he doesn't know. Forgive them, he doesn't know. So how can we be more like Yeshua 
when we fill in the blanks with the people that we meet. Anybody fill in the blanks? Do you know what I'm talking about, how we fill in the blanks? We fill in the blanks so many times. We turn around the tiles and we put in what we think is there. And we don't recognize that even beyond what we think is a heart and a soul that is longing for healing and redemption. And when we recognize that with each other, with our families, with the people we meet, with the people even that hurt us. I mean, Yeshua said it for people who, who, who killed him. These were heavy-handed sins, the people that handed him over to death, to handed him over to be crucified. But he said they don't know what they're doing. How much more should we be saying that for the people who hurt us and the people that we just don't understand what's deeper, deeper, deeper within their hearts? Do you understand? In the book of Acts, again, Peter, he, he says it again. He says, brethren, he's, this is Peter after Pentecost. He's talking to the people. He said, I know that you acted in ignorance. Now, when he says that, remember, he's talking to a Jewish audience. Acting in ignorance means something to a Jewish audience. You acted in ignorance just as your rulers did, but the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of the prophets that his Messiah would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. These are the two things that he said. These are two incredible points, and these are two points that we can talk about, and you can speak over anybody who, who rubs up you sideways, anybody who has hurt you, any person where you just see that you're filling in the blanks and you're filling out what's underneath those tiles incorrectly. There's two things in that statement. I'll read it again. Brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did. But the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of the prophets that his Messiah would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. That means two things. Number one, what they did is unintentional. Number two, it was meant to happen that way. Number one, it was unintentional. Number two, it was meant to be. Those two statements will set you free from whoever's hurting you. Number one, it's unintentional sin. Our Messiah called it all unintentional. How much more should we be doing that? Number two, because they don't know. They're going with the light that they have, even if that light is a light of darkness because of their experience. Number one, it's unintentional. Number two, it was meant to be, right? Number two, it was meant to be. But these things that God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets that his Messiah would suffer. In other words, you guys didn't do it anyway. This was meant to happen. Those things, I tell you, will set you free. For this thing, whoever is hurting you, whoever is, is rubbing up you sideways, whoever is bothering you, whoever you feel that is somebody that is, that is your enemy, number one, it's unintentional. I want you to get into the habit of instead of filling in the blanks with what you think, just say whatever they did, it's unintentional. Because beyond, underneath the blanks that you are filling is a pure heart. Now, I, I know that the scripture says that the heart is deceptively wicked, but I believe that there is something even greater than the deceptive heart, even deeper than the deceptive heart, which is, which is a soul that is longing to be connected with our Father. And that is where we should focus. And number two, it was meant to be. Do you know that it happened? It did not happen outside of the Lord's seeing? Do you know that? 
Do you know that when you've been hurt or whatever it is or the person that cut you off and you fill in the blanks of why he cut you off and you assume the worst, not that he's in a rush to get to somewhere he needs to be, that these things are meant to happen. Nothing happens outside of his view, outside of his line of sight. It is meant to happen. So if you are experiencing something like that, know the second part of this statement is that it was prophesied already. It was already written. Well, this guy hurt me. Well, that was prophesied already. Don't you read your Bible? It was in there. You're struggling with this person. Well, it's in the Bible. (laughs) It's prophesied already. And there is my famous, not my famous, there is a famous um, verse. I'm going to say it's my favorite verse, sorry. It is my favorite verse in the New Testament, which levels the playing field. Do you know that Yeshua leveled the playing field? He leveled the playing field. He leveled it. Whether whatever the sin was, however high-handed the sin was, however simple the sin was, Yeshua levels the playing field. And this is the baseline that Yeshua works with each of us. He works with us from a place of sinlessness because he took it all upon himself. That is the gospel message, that he took all the sins, the, the, the great ones and the small ones, and said, forgive them, they're unintentional sins. My sacrifice covers them all, cleanses them all, and that is the baseline that we deal with everybody. Everybody. That is the baseline that we deal with everybody, and that is always, always available. And it's, and it's good to remember that with everybody that we deal with so we're not filling in the blanks based on our flawed perception which seems so correct in the moment because of what happened. I am learning more and more and more that when somebody goes up me sideways, it's God talking to me about me more than he's talking to me about him or her. And that is a good thing to remember because if something is going up you sideways, that means there's a button there that is pushable And God is going to keep pushing that button until that button is broken. So you can be an undefendable, unoffendable vessel of the Lord. And the verse which I love so much, which levels the playing field, he says in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21, Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Do you understand that? Therefore, now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Listen to this. Even though we've known Messiah according to the flesh, we don't know him in this way any longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Messiah, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through the Messiah, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Messiah, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Messiah, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Messiah, be reconciled to God. 
he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might be the righteousness of God in him. The, hallelujah, the answer is that behind the tiles is Walter, and only God knows Walter, but underneath all the tiles of Walter, there is Yeshua. Remember, we don't recognize anyone according to the flesh. And even though we have known Yeshua, Messiah, according to the flesh, we don't know him this way any longer. When we can zone in on the image of God, Yeshua is the image of God, within people, within the people who hurt us, within the people who are bothering us so much, that is the answer. So I charge you today to not fill in the blanks. If you're going to fill in the blanks, fill it in with this name. Fill it in with this name. Because everybody bears the image of God. Thank you, Adonai. In Yeshua's name, amen.